The markets try to rebound after suffering the worst week of 2023. Plus, 2022 stock market woes cut the number of 401k millionaires by one-third. And why you might find yourself on the financial struggle bus if you're in your 30s. Your market moment starts now. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Welcome to the Market Moment, episode 141. I'm Lee Mackey here with Matt Walters. How was your weekend? It was good. Watched a little Razorback basketball. Tough loss on Saturday. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty good. Got some R&R in, which is it, always nice. It's hard to believe that March Madness starts next week. I know. Yep. I'm excited because we have a lot of new TVs here around the office. You know, we may or may not have as many games going live as possible we around can the office. But. Some office pool action. Oh, yeah. You know? For sure. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be doing that as well. Well, let's get right to it. The markets are trying to rebound after coming off their worst week in 2023. Markets are up today. Treasury yields coming in down slightly after the two-year yield briefly hit its highest level since July of 2007. In addition, the meeting minutes were released from the last Fed meeting and reaffirmed that the Fed is determined to keep raising rates until inflation comes down. So let's stop right here, Matt. Um, You know, let's talk a little bit about the Fed, a little bit about the rates. Um, You know, last week we had another inflation indicator come in you know, much stronger than expected. Um, That's what kind of got the markets riled up a little bit. You know, I think a lot of people were hoping um, that there might be one more, possibly two more rate hikes, um, probably each a quarter point over the next two or three months. But but now, you know, I think it's anybody's guess. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we're still much closer to the end than, than the beginning, uh, my, would be my hope, um, at least. And so in terms of the Fed increasing rates, I think the Fed has gotten to such a point where, you know, every, the whole market just weighs on every last word that is put out. And so there's always a matter of, you know, what do they do and then what do they say? And you, you, I kind of wonder how much are they thinking of that as well? Like, what kind of narrative do we need to put out versus what are we going to actually do? You know, I think they're going to increase a couple more times for sure. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they also know they know the impact that their their language, you know, their verbiage has. So maybe they try to sound more hawkish, and then their act, you know, actions will be maybe not quite as much when it when you know after they meet over the next several times. So it'll be interesting. I think the um, I think we're close to the end. I really you know, do. I, you know, I do too. Um, you, you know, the one thing that gives me a little pause is that, you know, we still have 350 basis points at least of Fed rate hikes that have not even hit the economy yet, yeah. you know, which will be coming in in the spring and summer of this year. So, you know, again, we don't want them to do too much. You know, we don't want to really throw the economy into a deep recession. 
But um, I think that's what everybody's kind of waiting around to see. Um, as we mentioned in the uh, at the beginning, 401k millionaires are on the decline. We're getting a little bit better perspective on just how rough 2022 was. According to a report from Fidelity, the number of 401k accounts with at least $1 million plunged by 32% last year. In 2021, so two years ago, in 2021, there were 442,000 401k accounts with over $1 million. At the end of last year, that number was cut by, like I said, almost a third to 299,000 accounts. So the average balance in the 401k world tumbled 20 and a half percent in 2022. It just it just goes to show that the market last year, you know, was no respecter of persons. It it hit everybody and hit everybody pretty hard. Yeah, I think there's probably a couple of things that go into this. I mean, obviously, you know, the S&P was down about 20%, NASDAQ was down about 32, fixed income market was down you know, eight to 15, kind of depend on what, what you're looking at. And so it doesn't surprise me at all to see that the average 401k balance is down 20 and a half. And on the, you know, the millionaire side of it, obviously that's going to pull out anyone who's just over that million dollar mark. That's going to pull those people out because they're probably now under a million. And you also had a lot of people retiring over the last year too, right? And so if anyone retired and rolled their balances out um, to an IRA or something like that, you know, those are millionaires that are no longer being captured in that 401k survey. So several different things going on there. 32%. That's a lot. I mean, for the, you know, the number of millionaire accounts in the fidelity survey to go down by 32%, that is pretty substantial. You know, and, and, and I find it interesting too, you know, the average account balance was down 20 and a half percent, which, which, you know, doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, when you throw in fixed income, you had some people probably in cash. Um, but again, this market last year, you know, it hit everyone, fixed income, equity markets alike. So, um, you know, what I found interesting when I read that is, you know, so many people have these target date right. funds now that are just, you know, you put your money in, you figure out your age and it kind of bases your retirement and they just kind of plug you into this model. Um, it'd be interesting to see how those fared, you know, with with what, the way the markets were last year. Yeah, no, that's, that's something we should probably look at because, um there was no, to your point, there was no safety no. last year. There was nowhere where you could go to find safety. That's correct. So. All right, 30-somethings in a mountain of debt. It may not pay to be in your 30s right now. New data from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, no other age group has racked up more debt at a faster pace than those aged 30 to 39. Here are some interesting stats, Matt. Millennial borrowers' average credit card balances jumped 26% from three years ago, to near $7,000. In all, Americans in their 30s saw their total balances hit over $3.8 trillion in the fourth quarter of last year, up 27% from late 2019 and more than any other age. TransUnion says more millennials are behind on credit card payments since the start of the pandemic. The New York Fed found rising car prices have younger borrowers further behind on car payments than older generations. Let's just stop right here. Matt, you know, what What do you think about that? Um, I really thought that during the pandemic, and I don't think, I know that during the pandemic, a lot of people paid down debt with a lot of money they received from the government. So what do you attribute to this big jump in 
credit card balances and debt in general? Uh, I think there's a lot of things that you can take into account. I mean, you know, your 30s can be, you know, starting a family, buying a house. You know, it's more expensive to buy a house now. Rates have gone up. Homes are more expensive. Um, People probably, my gut is, maybe not a significant piece of this, but I know they're during kind of the craze coming out of, COVID, a lot of people were investing money they should have never invested and were investing it in ways they shouldn't have been. And so I think, and I think that's probably true for this kind of age cohort of people in their 20s, 30s, you know, 40s, younger people um, that were probably taking or investing in riskier assets than they should have been with some of their cash or savings. And so, again, that may not be the reason why these numbers are true, but you know, you know, there are a lot of people who were negatively impacted by some of the, like the tech sell-off you know, the cryptocurrency sell-off and some of these things that really depleted their cash positions and now are being forced to go out and kind of lean into the debt um, to keep, you know, without having to make lifestyle sacrifices. And so I think it's a combination of all of those things. It's expensive to buy a house now. Um, you know, people well, just not managing the money that we should, they should have. At this you know, point. and they mentioned cars. You know, we yeah, all know exactly. what car prices did during the pandemic. I mean, they shot up 20, 30, 40%. And so... If you needed a car or wanted a car, um, you went went out to buy one, and you probably paid at the high end of the market. And you know, even though rates were probably low, you may have gotten a little bit ahead of yourself um, as far as debt payments and so forth go. So, um, a few other um, issues facing those thirty-somethings: working lives began right around the financial crisis of two thousand eight. Pandemic came about the time they were starting families. To your point, Matt, inflation rose as some were approaching the middle age. Between January of 2020 and January of 2023, the median price of an existing home spiked by $90,000. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it was tough. The last year to, especially, you know, now, home prices have maybe kind of tail- come back a little bit. But, you know, it's not cheap to borrow money anymore, not like it was. And home prices are still very elevated. And so for a first-time home buyer. You're having to come out, you know, off of a lot of cash to put down a down payment. Your monthly payment's still going to be high. Like you're just being stretched in quite a few ways that that can make it tough. And you know, our generation is, um, you know, we're. I don't know if we've been put through anything up till now that that has really forced us to make significant lifestyle changes. And so being willing to, you know, make the hard decisions of yeah, like we're not we're going to go without this or that. It's much easier to say. We'll figure it out, you know, and we'll we'll go into a little bit of debt and um, it'll work out in the end. You know, something else uh, about these 30 somethings, you know, it, it kind of dawned on me when I was meeting with somebody a week or so ago that this 30 something crowd, the age 30 to 39, have hardly seen a bear market. Yeah. You know, they they have if they've been investing over the last 10, 12 years, really all they've seen is the market go up with an occasional pullback? Here yeah, and we've there. had some short sell-offs, but yeah. nothing. You know, I think it was the end of eighteen. Was it end of eighteen? Fourth quarter of eighteen or nineteen? That you know, we saw a twenty, twenty-five percent pullback, but it was so short-lived. Right. Like there hasn't been this sustained sell-off, this like recession that's really impacted, you know, employment and and so um, yeah, I think again, I think that's been why people have been willing to go out further on the risk spectrum, right? Take more risk with cash and savings. And I think you'll see some of what's happened and what is probably going to happen over the next year or two will just make people rethink through kind of how they, you know, how they handle their money and what they do with it. You know, and I find it interesting that over the last several months, as we've kind of gone through this down market, this bear market, the clients that have 
come to me most concerned with things have been the younger population, not the 50-somethings and 60-somethings and 70-somethings, because they've been through those. They, yeah. they know that these are what this is what markets do. It's that younger crowd that are just kind of like, what in the world? Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't want to put my money in. When is the bleeding going to stop? Yes. Yeah. And so you just have to, it's kind of like you're having to educate the crowd that you would think would be much more risk, you know, they'd want to assume more risk in their portfolio. So it's been interesting. As we always like to do, Matt, um, on our market moments, we want to leave you with a thought of the day. Um, today's quote is from Mary Lou Retton, that fireball of a gymnast um, who f- America fell in love with back in the 80s. Optimism is a happiness magnet. If you stay positive, good things and good people will be drawn to you. I like that. We, need, a good more, one we need more optimism and optimistic people in our lives. Absolutely. Matt, is there anything else you want to add to this week's market moment? No, I'm I'm looking forward to this year. I think, you know, it's still a lot ahead of us. It'll be interesting, like we said, to see what the Fed does. But um, I'm excited. I'm optimistic about this year. And so um, it'll be a good year. And I think we just got to go make it happen. I, I, I agree. I agree. We, uh, we're in our new building, so we have that behind us. So we're excited about that. Um, I don't know if uh, our listeners can hear some of the construction in the background, but if you can, we apologize. But uh, we moved into our space, but our neighbors to the north are just beginning construction. So we may hear some saws and hammers. Yeah, a little bit of background noise. A little bit of background noise. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us on this week's Market Moment. We will see you next week. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, Mach 1, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak to your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit mach1financial.com disclosures.